Welcome to a special edition of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Guys, uh, we are in the middle of making history because this is the first post-game live stream Fireside Nets podcast. This is a combination, a combination of a live stream that we've done a few times after games with our post-game reaction. And this, po- this will be the podcast episode. It will air tomorrow morning. I think it's number 65 for Fireside Nets. But, Nick, let's get into Wait, this. Make a, make a victory face. Victory face. Oh, you see that? I'm, I'm doing push-ups. I'm in the gym, just like my guy Blake Griffin, just like my guy Bruce Brown. Uh-huh. Nick, let's get into this. Brooklyn Nets domination, slaughter. They, the Nets should be wanted for murder based on what they did tonight to the Milwaukee Bucks. At one point. The announcer, I think it was Marv Albert. I was listening to the TNT broadcast. He goes, the lead is 49. And my girlfriend, Victoria, was on her phone. And she just and started. she's 49? No, she just started dying laughing. Like, burst out in a laughter after her, having heard that tiny sentiment that the Nets were up 49 in a playoff game against the three seed, Nick. 125 to 86 was the final. Real, like, like give me, what are you feeling right now as, as a Nets fan? Let's just say the Nets have a right to bear arms because they went deer hunting tonight. Ooh, I like that one, little Nikki. Hit me with it, bro. What did you like? Uh, bro, this is, win? It was just butter, dude. Every shot was butter. Reggie Perry was butter, dude. This dude went, this guy went and he couldn't miss. TLC was stroking a three at the end there. We got the third best team in the East, arguably a top five team in the NBA, to dump their bench with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. I haven't seen that all playoffs. There hasn't been a routing like that. 39-point victory, franchise playoff record for the Nets. I mean, we beat a full-throttle top-five NBA team missing two starters. Two. James Harden and Jeff Green, who has started in Nets games this year. Um, it was let's... easy. I mean, listen, I was skeptical. You know this. I was concerned about the Bucs because everyone says the Bucs are not clutch. They choke come playoff time. Giannis can't hit a free throw come playoff time. And then I go, okay, but they just freaking – Destroyed the Miami Heat, former championship contender in the finals. Granted, different team, hurt team, worse team than last year. But that was a 4-0 sweep. So what you're telling me is if the Heat could – I'm sorry. If the Bucks could beat the Heat by 30 and then we could beat the Bucks by 30 or 40, would we have beaten the Heat by 70? It's an excellent point, Nick. Um, it's called, I think that's called like the uh, the, the transitional property. Unfortunately, I can't make that distinction. I think we beat the Heat by 100. But I'll, I'll say this. I, I think a lot of people looked into that Bucks sweep of the Miami Heat uh, a little bit too much. They, they saw that and they're like, oh, crap. The Nets better be ready because this Milwaukee team is for real. I did because Giannis and Middleton but, couldn't miss but, against the Heat. But, Nick, I said this before this series, and I'm going to get angry because you're going to keep giving me props uh, or, 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 or positive notes about the Bucks. They are not the Nets, Okay. The Nets no, they're the Bucks. have three superstars. Two were healthy tonight. Kevin Durant had 32. He easily could have went for 50-plus tonight. 
nobody on the Bucks could guard him. P.J. Tucker either fouls him or gets cooked every single play. So, and then on the other side, you know, Giannis, really bad game. He ended up with 18 and 11, but he looked lost out there in the first half, Nick. I, I mean, you when, know, when, when Giannis is rattled when he's front rimming or airballing oh, every God. free throw, like it's disgusting. If I were a Bucks fan, I would cringe every time he gets to the line because there's literally a 50% chance he's probably going to miss. He's a horrendous free throw shooter. He was one for six at one point. I mean, um, dude, he's going to have to brush his teeth after that many rim jobs. Oh, goodness gracious. Let's rewind. That's my start, of the, start of the game. You know, the Nets are coming off a, a, a pretty solid wire-to-wire win in game one. The Bucks showed a little bit of fight in that first half of game one, but that second half, the Nets were able to pull away. We, we head into game two thinking, okay, there's no way the Bucks come out flat again because they were flat in the majority of game one. We held they were about, you know, the spread at the beginning of the day was, was two and a half uh, plus for the Bucks, no, right? No, it was to start this minus one and a half nets on okay. some books too. And by the time tip-off started, it was two bucks. It was minus two bucks by the tip-off. So what does that say? We beat the spread by 39, no, by 41 points. We beat the spread by 41 points because we were two-point underdogs with a 39-point victory. And, and that's why Vegas is wrong sometimes. So we, we head into this game. The Bucks had, you know – I wouldn't call it momentum, but they they were the team that was supposed to bounce back. I mean, they're the three seed. They're a respectable team in the East. We smacked them in the first quarter, Nick. 36-19. to 19. Blake Griffin was, was hitting threes, diving on the ground for loose balls, dunking over people. He had two dunks that were reminiscent of him on the Clippers. One dunk over Giannis Antetokounmpo, which had me out of my seat. And, and what the Nets did, and Bruce Brown started, he played 30 minutes tonight. He had 13 points uh, in, in 30 minutes. But he covers the middle of the floor so well. I believe it was Brown who gave the ball to, to Griffin for that dunk over Giannis. Uh, what are you showing? You're showing me a pencil right now, Nick. Remember, this is an audio podcast, so a lot of people can't see what you're showing. He's showing me a Nets pencil. But let, let's stick with that first quarter. So you have Blake Griffin hitting shots. You have... Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving hitting some shots. By the way, Kyrie ended up with 22 points, six rebounds, um, six assists, and five rebounds in 34 minutes. Solid, solid game for him. Him and Kevin Durant did not have to play the fourth quarter. So take those stats and add about 10 to 15 points, rebounds, assists, whatever you want to call it. Um, they were cooking to start. Joe Harris had 13 points in 30 minutes. So he was hitting some threes. I mean, 36 points in that first quarter. And, and on the other side, Middleton could not hit shit out of the gate. I mean, he ended up with 17 and, and 34 minutes. Maybe you can get into the shooting numbers for him, but he started the game cold. Uh, he, he was ice cold, both him and Giannis. The only guy who really showed up for the Bucks in that first quarter was Drew Holiday. I, th- I think he had like six or, or seven of, of the Bucks' first quarter points. So we headed to the second quarter. It's 29. Well, before you get yep. to that, yep. I mean, yep. Charles Barkley before the game uh, called the Bucks administration or coaching staff dumbasses or said what they were doing was dumb, was dumb as hell because last game they were hucking threes instead of pounding the paint because they have so much size on us. So what did the Bucks do tonight? One, they couldn't hit a shot again, but they tried to pound the paint. Giannis was driving more. Middleton was driving more. They were feeding Lopez down low, and all we were doing was collapsing 
with Blake, with Durant, with bodies down low, with Bruce Brown, who's a hell of a defender, because they couldn't hit a shot. So literally, the the methodology, the what they needed, the adjustment they needed to make, they attempted to do it, but they couldn't complement that all by hitting an open three. Middleton, like you said, couldn't hit shit. So they literally made the adjustment of what they needed to do, and here's how it worked out for them, Spen. They re- out-rebounded us by 11 in the first game, 58 to 47, 15 to 6 on the offensive boards. Tonight, they out-rebounded us by two total rebounds. So what does that say? All we had to do was pack the paint down low, stop them from out-rebounding us, stop them from driving on us because they can't hit shots. Now, is this another, you know, is it an anomaly? I don't know. Are they going to get hotter? Maybe. But in these first two games, the Bucs are looking like the Bucs at every playoff series we've seen the past five years. I want to talk about some key moments in this game. Um, Kyrie with the step-back jumper over Giannis was sick. That, I mean, that was right after Giannis had blocked a beautiful layup going to the rim by Kyrie. Kyrie came back, hit him with a behind-the-back step back. I think it might have been a three or a two. I'm not sure, but absolutely cooked Giannis. Kevin Durant, and I said this earlier in the, in the show, he cooked everybody all night, whether it was Giannis, whether it was P.J. Tucker, anybody who guarded Kevin Durant. He said thank you very much and hit every single shot he took, and then – the one thing I want to get into, I'm trying to think if there were any other key plays. I said the Blake Griffin dunks. Oh, I got one for you. So Bryn Forbes, who is supposed to be the three-point specialist for this Bucks team. Who doesn't, there, who doesn't get enough minutes. He's not getting he, enough minutes. He is their Joe Harris. He comes into the game in that first or second quarter. He hits a three. All of a sudden, as a Nets fan, you're like, uh-oh, I, I don't want to see Bryn Forbes hitting some threes. Landry Shamit comes back, drills one right away, matches him. Andrew Shamit had three threes in this game, Nick. The guy's been ice cold, and he hit three threes. You want to know when it's a good night for the Brooklyn Nets? When Bruce fucking Brown is hitting three-pointers. And they give him the the threes. They give him 10 yards every time. Which is fine, because that baseline three is his spot. So he hit hit the three. Blake Griffin had about two threes. Uh, We just had Crimson Striker comment, ha, 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 and we even sat James Harden to make it even. Very funny, Crimson Striker. Well, what guy, did I say, Spen, yeah, at the yeah. beginning? I think it must have been months ago I've been saying this to you. Yes. When we have all of our superstars playing at an elite level, playing with confidence, that spreads across the entire team. When you see Joe Harris missing, when you see Kyrie getting attitude and going cold, that affects everybody else on the team. And those are the games we most likely lose because then you're putting too much pressure on the bench players like Shamit to come in and save the superstars. But when these guys are hitting shots, when Kyrie and Durant are carrying the team, when Joe Harris is hitting an open three, when Blake Griffin is jumping higher than he has in six years, then what do Bruce Brown, Shamit, Claxton have to do when they're getting a bulk of the minutes? They literally just have to be consistent, keep the keep it going, keep the momentum going. And now the superstars have given him the confidence to shoot that three, to pull up. Hey, guys, we're going to give you a cushion. Just come in and play your game. You don't have to save our ass. You don't have to overcompensate. You don't have to play out of your talent level, out of your skill level. Just literally come in and compliment what we've already done. And you can see smiles across the board. If you looked over on the bench, one of my favorite moments was uh, DeAndre Jordan's arm around Nick Claxton with like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, just two big men watching the game, smiling, enjoying it, talking basketball. And that's the attitude we need. And at times during this season, I've missed that. I've missed smiles. I've missed high fives. I've missed hype. I've missed Durant cheering on the bench players. I missed Kyrie high-fiving someone after he made a bad pass, right? There was one player where Durant made a bad pass. Uh, they did a full switch from one side of the court to the other um, where Blake Griffin was wide open and he cut to the basket because nobody was guarding him. And Durant just threw it out of bounds. Yep. And Durant kind of gave Blake Griffin a look like, 
go out, go out. And Griffin came up to him and goes, dude, I had a wide open lane to the hoop. And then Durant took responsibility and high-fived him. I mean, that's the camaraderie we need all around. Yeah, I mean, breaking that one down, Blake's been in the league for a long time. So I don't think he's – But I'm saying Durant's initial reaction is Right, right. No, this team communicates. Look, there were were three things in this game, not talking about individual performances, that I absolutely loved. The first was the team defense. Every time – like I think you brought this up earlier, but every time the Bucks had the ball in the post or the paint, the Nets swarmed on them. The second Lopez brought the ball below his chest, it was a turnover every single time. Middleton to the lane, swipe turnover off his leg. Giannis turnover. I don't know how many times the Bucks turned the ball over, but the Nets made it so uncomfortable for them in those first two quarters. Nick. The, the Milwaukee Bucks offensively are not this bad. 19 points in the first, 22 in the second, only 24 in the third, and 21 in the fourth. 86 points for the game. That's fucking embarrassing. Against so the, a team who was not defensively efficient during the well, season. Well, I, I wouldn't call the Nets inefficient, but yeah, they're, they're not a top five defensive team. So they're not the Blazers, but they the don't Blazers. play a ton. That was the one thing I loved. And, 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 and the second thing, this will kind of blend in with the team defense, but Steve Nash, I mean, we got to commend him a little bit. Not having Jeff Green, not having James Harden, you insert Bruce Brown into the starting lineup. You have guys like Mike James coming off the bench, giving you valuable minutes without Kyrie and KD um, in that second or third quarter. I mean, I mean, James was efficient in this one, Nick. Ten points for him, three rebounds, three assists in 24 minutes. But he, he's a solid game manager. Him and Kyrie actually play off each other pretty well. And he knows how to create. So I, I just want to commend Steve Nash for pushing all the right buttons offensively and defensively. His game plan regarding Giannis has been great. Hey, if Giannis thinks he can shoot three pointers, let him shoot three pointers. He's a what career 30% three point shooter. If he's going to go to the rim, make sure you let him know you're there. Blake Griffin, let him shoot that mid range jumper because we'd much rather live with that than him dunking on you. And short, Giannis had a few plays at the rim, but you see when he goes to the rack, he's bumping with Blake Griffin every time. He's bumping with Nick Claxton. Guys like Durant, Bruce Brown, they're getting a hand in there. They're making life difficult for Giannis. So the his, the, his three pointer is just as obvious oh, as his free oh, His three pointer is the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen some pretty fucking disgusting things. To answer your to what you're saying before turnovers. And talk about efficiency. We yep. had double the assists and half the turnovers that the Bucks had. So we had 27 assists to the Bucks 14. Mm-hmm. We had uh, eight turnovers to the Bucks 16. So I mean, in a game where not only we outshoot you, we compete on the boards, which was a huge uh, where we were an underdog, especially last game because we mm-hmm. are undersized against this Milwaukee team. Mm-hmm. If we're able to control the ball, protect the ball, and steal the ball, I mean. It's game over. You don't well, have to drive. You're not hitting. If you can't take care of the ball and you can't hit your shots, you're not going to beat anybody, let alone the, the Brooklyn Nets. So, so I talked about team defense. I talked about Steve Nash. And you brought up those assist numbers. The third thing that I loved seeing tonight was the mother flipping ball movement from the Brooklyn Nets. 27 assists. But it was it – was That ball plays, movement literally flipped my mother. It was the plays where – Joe Harris has a wide open shot and he passes it one more time to Kyrie Irvin who has another wide open shot, but he passes it to Bruce Brown real quick in the corner who has an open floater. But he, the, the, the way they were moving the ball, it was, Hey, I might be open, but this guy's more open than me. 
And, Even and Mike like, James, who's pretty shoot first, was he's a ball was, hog. He's a little bit of a ball hog, but he passed tonight. tonight. Not tonight. No, he passed tonight. Yeah, I just I, I was so happy with the way that the the ball moved. You know what Bruce Brown does, and I bring this up on I think every single podcast. He occupies space so well on offense. That's what they teach you in high school. If you have three, four guys on the perimeter, so three guys on the perimeter, one guy running baseline, there has to be another guy, especially when the Bucks went zone, coming to the middle of the court. And Bruce Brown does that so well. He comes to the middle. He can hit that little floater. He can hit someone with the alley-oop, or he can pass it out to someone for a three-point shot. And I was just amazed at the ball movement, Nick. I mean, look, the, the big thing when the Nets acquired Harden and they had Kyrie and KD – the big knock was, hey, guys, there's one ball. And how are three guys, how are two guys going to handle one ball? Dude, they scored 125 tonight. And they they didn't need their starters to play in the fourth quarter. It was embarrassing how well they moved the ball on the Milwaukee Bucks defense. And the Bucks are supposed to have a pretty sound defense. But th- those three things, Nash, the defense, and the, and the ball movement, that's what I loved about tonight's win. I, I'm trying to think, cause you know me, I'm a realist. I, I like to bring things back to reality. We're up 2-0, but the series isn't over and the championship's still far in the distance for us. I'm right. trying to think of something that we can improve on tonight. And there's really, to me, we hit our free throws. We didn't take many, we went six to seven on the line. We were uh, efficient turnover wise, under 10 to me in a game is a solid uh, turnover number yes. for a winning team. Yes. Double the other team in assists kept up rebound-wise with a team that's much bigger than us and beat us big in game one on the boards, defensively outplayed a pretty good defensive team, played out of our shoes defensively. I mean, again, it's the playoffs. We know teams play a little harder, um, but looked like we were a top-10 defensive team. I mean, field goal-wise, shot over 50% from both three and two. I really don't have anything to say other than maybe a few ill-advised shots from Mike James when we're up 20 <laughs> points, taking like a, an elbow fading jumper from the opposite side over Brooke Lopez. Besides that, dude, we really did play a perfect game. The game was perfectly coached by Nash. This to me, if we can continue at anywhere remotely close to this level, we should be able to, to not cruise, but confidently go into every single game going forward from now all the way to the end. This, this game was clean, Nick. It was clean because we didn't turn the ball over. And, and I think we played, like you said, as perfect as you can play in a playoff game at home. But I use the word clean because I'm big on being clean. And if you're a guy and you want to be clean, I suggest you buy Manscaped products to clean up your downstairs area. You know, use- I've been feeling pretty dirty lately. Well, you should go on Manscaped.com, use the... Use the promo code FIRESIDE, that's capital FIRE, capital SIDE, one word, to get 20% off all Manscaped products so you can feel as clean as the Nets looked on all sides of the court tonight. Manscaped.com offers a variety of uh, groin trimmers, pubic trimmers, ball trimmers, everything for your downstairs. Use code FIRESIDE for 20% off. I was supposed to go to the game tonight, Nick. I couldn't go uh, for, for some personal reasons, nothing bad. I'm okay. Just some, some stuff. It's because you hadn't manscaped beforehand. I hadn't manscaped, but shout out to my buddy. Uh, I want to shout out Felice for buying the tickets off me. He went to one hell of a game tonight. 
Uh, the other, the only other thing I could think of, you brought up Mike James in that fourth quarter. I don't know if our dad understands the concept of being up 30 points in a basketball game because Mike James had some random bullshit foul at the end. And it was like probably eight or nine minutes left. The game was over. And our dad texts us and he's like, why is James fouling? Stopping the clock. The Bucks can come back. I'm like, dad, it, it's Here, a 30 point game. Because he really wants to get on the pod. He really wants to get on the pod. He's he trying to be like, what can I say? Back on the, pod. Um, the last thing I'll say, because uh, yeah. I, you know, we pretty much covered everything. Unbelievable win. We're both going to yes. go to bed with a smile on our face tonight. Big is, smile. I did think of one concern going forward for the Nets, and, and this isn't an, uh, a legitimate concern yet in any way, but me trying to keep things realistic. The 76ers yes. are going to be a bad matchup compared to this Bucks team. You know why? Because they have one of arguably the best big man in the league in Joel Embiid, who is going to pound the paint and going to give Blake Griffin and Nick Claxton, potentially DeAndre Jordan, if he comes off the bench at all, a run for their money. He, he's going to give them a tough time. And they have much better knockdown three-point shooter specialists than the Bucks do in Danny Green and Seth Curry. So to me, going forward, the tactic we're doing now to contain the Bucks because they've gone cold, because Brooke Lopez isn't really a pound in the paint guy, he's more of a stretch five, because Giannis is starting from the three-point line, we're able to pound the paint when he drives and contain him. But against a Philadelphia 76ers team, granted they come back from the 1-0 deficit to the Atlanta Hawks, we are looking at a much bigger body down low and a much a more efficient three-point shooting team come these playoffs. So not a concern right now, just something to think about going forward. We will have to adjust our strategy defensively if we do end up meeting the number one seed 76ers in the next round. Is this series over right now? We're up 2-0, headed to Milwaukee. Does, I mean, you know, let's say at most it goes five. Do you think we get the sweep? How, how do you think the series goes? I could see the Bucks uh, pulling one off in a close game in three or four in Milwaukee, but sadly, and I hate to say this from what I've seen from Giannis, he 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 still hasn't found that clutch gene. Why? Why so are he, you sad about it? This is a Nets podcast. We don't want him to find because I, I I am a hu- I'm a fan of human beings. Okay, dude, but you're, you're, you want Giannis oh. to lose. He- I want him to lose to us, but I'm saying it's I'm sad for him as a player and as an elite superstar who is still trying to get to the next level as a winner. Sadly, in the basketball world, a man of his caliber, a player of his caliber, doesn't matter that he's a man, is not going to 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 pull off these big victories that he needs to in order to really go down in history as a legend. So good for us, bad for Giannis. I would say 4-1, uh, we win in five. To be a superstar in this league, you really need a three-point shot. You really need a mid-range jump shot. Giannis doesn't really have either of those down. The guy won an MVP last year. He is a perennial all-star year in, year out. He is a, he is the closest thing to Shaquille O'Neal during his magic days that we've really seen in the last 25, 30 such years. such different players, dude. And but as, as far as physically dominant is what I'm saying, as far as the way they handled the paint. If you watch Shaq in the, when he was with the magic, it was all just drives to the basket. He would play on the perimeter a little bit. Um, he had a much better mid-range game than Antetokounmpo, I think. But I'll say a few things. Giannis, uh, William Gardner just writes, Giannis can't make free throws. He's right. So let, let's look at um, not just Giannis, but the Bucks in general. But I want to, before you go on, just to, just to back your point, you're right yes. about being an elite player needing to hit threes. Because if you think about the two best big men in the league right now, arguably, Jokic and Embiid. Jokic, Embiid, and AD yeah, they could, could all hit a three-point Carl shot. Carl Anthony Towns can hit a three-point shot. Um, no, what, what I'll say is this. Mike Budenholzer is – 
on the hot seat right now. If the Bucks go down without a fight, I can see Milwaukee making a coaching change. That's number one. Number two, Drew Holiday, good player. Good play. No, I mean, he didn't play terrible today. I mean, he kept the Bucks sort of mm. relevant in the first half. He was not the missing piece for this Bucks team. I disagree. Giannis, but we're not Giannis has to play with a real superstar. It's funny. I saw Luca go down last night or, or two nights ago against the Clippers in game seven. And the and the knock is Luca needs help. Well, if Giannis goes down in this series, it's going to be the same exact thing all over again. And it's a hot take, but I think Luca and Giannis would play excellent with each other. Now, Luca's going to be offered the Supermax in Dallas. Giannis is on the Supermax in Milwaukee. There's no way they're going to play together. But if you could somehow have those two guys comp, just play off each other, I think that would be such a such an interesting duo to watch. The, the cool thing about Giannis is I think he can play with anybody. I think if, if you gave him a Jokic or an Embiid, he would play. Well, not Embiid. More, it'd have to be a passing center. Or if you gave him like a CP3, like like a ball handler, someone who can really manage the game, the, the Bucks' primary ball handlers are are, are uh, Drew Holiday and, and Middleton, right? Two yeah, guys who aren't who aren't great at creating. Listen, let's not get about? into the future too much. I disagree yeah. that Drew Holiday wasn't the missing piece. I think Drew Holiday is a fantastic point guard. I think he is a 10-level step up from Eric Bledsoe. I think he meshes well. He's a great defender, and this is a solid defensive team. What you're looking at right now is a team that can't close and a team that can't finish when it comes when it comes down to it. Like Paul George is a similar player to Chris Middleton in the situation where they're knockdown shooters in the regular season and come playoff time, they can't hit shit. Granted, Paul George is an all-around better player than Middleton, and he has Kawhi to put him on his back. Mm-hmm. And the Clippers just best three-point shooting team in the league, best defensive team in the league. I don't think it's safe. I don't think it's fair to say. We don't have to get into this. There's a bunch more games in the series. There's a lot of potential left for the Bucs. I think it's unfair to assume Drew Holiday is not the missing piece after two losses to the Nets when they swept the Heat. I'm just saying it's a little early to say that. Okay. Well, if it ends in five, can I say that? Because that's my prediction. I think that I agree with you. The Nets will lose one game in Milwaukee. I hate to admit that because they're playing phenomenal basketball right now. But I think the Bucs outwork the Nets in one away uh, away game for Brooklyn, comes back to Barclays, we win in five. And remember, we got the Harden news recently. It's hamstring tightness, which is a good thing compared to what it could have been. So this is a guy who can be back relatively quickly. Maybe it's not Milwaukee. Maybe it's against Philly or Atlanta. Maybe it's towards the end of the series. But we should see Harden back in the Nets uniform pretty soon. Jeff Green has been dealing with plantar fasciitis. He was a game-time decision for the first two games, did not play. I think we see him in Milwaukee in in either game three or four. I think he comes back and he gives the Nets another element as the stretch four, stretch five, who can play alongside KD in the front court. So, look, the the Bucs ran into a friggin' juggernaut Nets team who struggled a little bit against the Celtics in one game on the road, but essentially – closed out the Celtics in five and are really starting to find their rhythm. And unfortunately for coach Bud and Giannis, they're not playing their best basketball right now. I I do think in a weird way, sweeping a heat team that was, was just just not the same team as they were last year. It almost hurt the bucks because they were feeling themselves after that sweep. Giannis made that comment. We don't like to play with our food. Okay. All right. Sure. What about now? What are you playing with now? You guys are getting smoked out of the gym night in, night out. So, look, it's it's a fun series for Nets fans. It's a crap series for Milwaukee. 
Um, I think the Nets will take it in five, and I think that this will be the last series you see Mike Budenholzer coach for the Milwaukee Bucks. That is my final takeaway um, from tonight. Dude, they were down 49 points. I got it, I got it. They were down 49, Nick. They lost this game, what, 39 points, 125, 86? That's as bad a loss as you can have. And I'm sorry. I know guys miss shots, but that's an effort thing. Real quickly, I want to shout out Eli413, rapper. He He's one of our, our, our best listeners. Eli, you know we love you. He wrote, he wrote Kevin Durant is better than Michael Jordan. Not gonna, not gonna get into that debate. All right, Eli, let's slow down there, Darren Williams. And, right. and then William Gardner writes, "KD is simply unstoppable. It shows there is a huge difference between Giannis and KD. One player has two MVPs, and it's not KD." Interesting point by William. Um, look, the MVP is a regular season award. Giannis dominates the regular season. We get it. Uh, but Don't if you want to be, if you want to be a superstar in this league, three pointers, mid range jump shots, free throws. You gotta hit all. You know why I don't shots. care about the regular season? I don't care about the regular season because the regular season we had twenty twenty one Blake Griffin. Postseason we got twenty ten Blake Griffin. This is two thousand ten prime Blake Griffin, primal Blake Griffin hunting for dunks. Real, real quickly, I just want to put out a stat: every single net that played tonight scored except Chris Troyoza. Troyoza finished with zero points, one assist, and one rebound in six minutes. But Reggie Perry had eight. Alize Johnson had two. TLC had three. Tyler Johnson, who got some garbage time, had two. Nick Claxton had four. And Landry Shamit had nine. I think I read every single statistic uh, from the Brooklyn Nets who scored tonight. Okay, Thank you. Nick. Thank you for that. Any, any final words for our listeners out there? Listen, up 2-0 against the Milwaukee Bucks, just won by 39 points. We go to Milwaukee with the utmost confidence. We still are missing two starters. The – the yeah, Jeff potential, Green's a borderline starter. He's a borderline starter. But yeah, go the on. potential for this team is virtually limitless. And if we're playing this type of basketball now, just you wait to the next series. All right. Yeah. yeah thanks, Bradley Cooper. Um. All right. Limitless, so, Bradley Cooper. We're actually a, we're sponsored by Limitless. Take the pill. Real quickly to everybody who listened to the live stream tonight, thank you so much. Please download the podcast tomorrow. Obviously, you don't have to listen again, but we still we still want your download. And if you want to listen to me and Nick wax poetic <laughs> about about the Nets for for a second straight day, sure, we want that download. We we would love that. But download the pod. Thanks to everyone for listening. We are brought to you by Empire Sports Media. This has been a combination of the Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick podcast plus our post-game reaction. We love every single one of you and have a great no, we day. We do not. Do you want to say it, Nick? Are we, are we going to say it? Can we say it, but really fast alternating words, not singing? Okay. So you, who want, who's starting? You, you start. Ready? Three, two, one. Catch. You. On. The. Fire. Side. Fire side's one word, but we'll finish with that. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.